The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Back again with another episode of Free Kicks. It's uh, Rick and Adam. How are you doing today, Adam? Doing great. Doing good. So we... Uh, have a bunch of stuff to talk about today, but I just wanted to read you a um, mention that we got on our Facebook page because I thought this was funny. Um, this is from a Vicki Falkers. She says, I just had fun listening to one of your podcasts in slow motion. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. If you haven't tried it, you must. The best is Rick saying, it's awesome, and Adam's laugh. Uh, funny emoji, funny emoji, funny emoji. Oh, man, you guys rock. So whatever Vicky's smoking out there, um, I recommend <laughs> you know get a hold of it, because that would be a fun way to listen to the show. I guess so. I guess so. Because you know what? I, I think they probably thought that our voices were not deep enough, so they wanted to listen to it in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you uh, to Vicky for her contribution to uh, this week's uh, podcast. Uh, and before we get to what's happening on the pitch, because that's really the focus of the show, we like to talk about the English Premier League. Uh, let's talk about uh, the big story in Chicago soccer, which is uh, the Chicago Fire just went to Bayern Munich to play against uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger, uh, his old team, Bayern Munich, which is... Everyone knows Bayern Munich. Um, but Schweinsteiger was a player on Bayern from the age of 13. He played mm -hmm. with their academy. Uh, he grew up with the team. It was a very emotional thing, and it wasn't really covered here in Chicago, which we'll talk about in a second, but I just wanted to uh, read you the, uh, the report on it. Uh, Schweinsteiger played for the fire in the first half. He changed teams at halftime. And he came out uh, on Bayern in the second half, which is kind of cool, right? Yeah, um, definitely. And every Bayern player came out wearing his number 31 shirt, which is also very cool. Uh, Tom Thomas Miller set up uh, Aryan Robin uh, to score Bayern's third goal. They ended up winning four to nothing. And then um, Schweinsteiger got finally got his goal with seven minutes to play he uh he scored for Bayern leading the Bayern players to hoist him up in the air he's not only given a lot to German football but first of all to Bayern Munich and you could see today that you also get something back he is always loyal you have a lot of fun with him said Thomas Miller the current star of Bayern a very emotional very cool moment from Bastian Schweinsteiger and so I tip my cap to uh to Schweine, yeah. as as we yeah. call him here, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, what a what a career he had. I mean, my goodness, he won everything. I think he pretty much won every major trophy you could win. So, including the World yeah. Cup, that's right, twenty fourteen. Yeah, exactly. But so, um, you and I were talking about this before we came on the air here, and we're both a little upset that you that it was difficult to find this game. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I was hoping to watch it, and I think it was it was going to have to go all kinds of different avenues, and maybe paid a paid a, a service to watch it. So, and it's that seems to be the common approach these days in terms of paying more money to watch more games, I guess. But yeah, it was, that was a little frustrating because it would have been nice to watch, even though it's in the middle of the afternoon. I get it, but. Most people nowadays can flip on their computer and watch it, that's for sure. Or at least tape it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it, it really bugs me that, uh, so I'm going to get on my soapbox right now, this whole ESPN Plus thing where you have to pay mm-hmm. extra to see uh, soccer games. If If you're the MLS and you've got a club in Chicago that is not really catching on, let's be honest, even with one of the world's biggest stars in Schweinsteiger, you know... Do you want it? Do you want those games to be on pay TV that no one can find? Super, you know, people who live for soccer. Somebody like me, who is a, a German soccer fanatic who loves uh, uh, Bayern Munich, and and can't find this game. It's just terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely been a bit of a frustration. I know. Uh, you know, we were just talking about it. I think I've I actually decided to. Uh, Break the break the mode and say, look, you know, I'm just going to have to get it just because there's so many games on there now, yeah. and you have access to as many as you can. But yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating because even just a few years ago, and it's the same thing with NBC. He was able to watch all of those games, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it turns into, well, you can watch this game, but now you you got to watch, uh, you got to pay for the extra ones. And I think. Um, I think TNT because they're now running the Champions League. They're going to be doing the kind of the same thing. If you want to watch extra games or different games, you're going to have to pay a little extra package. So, you know, I get it. You know, it's a money maker, but it's still frustrating yeah, because you just want to watch soccer games. And uh, don't get me wrong, we've come a long way. I mean, I was in the early '90s. I was listening to soccer on a shortwave radio from <laughs> England. So I. I you know, I get it. I understand. We've come a long way. It's just that, you know, you, the internet was the, you know, supposedly everything's so accessible. Yeah, well, now it is for a price type of thing. Right. So, right. Well, you know, so, so that's the a, bad guys win is what you're saying because, <laughs> because you're paying for it. And I'm going to do it, too, because even I, I saw the other day the FA Cup is now on there, too. And that's one of my yes. favorite things to watch just because of the just the weirdness of you know the the tradition of that and yeah i it so anyway <laughs> but here we are we're t- we're doing a podcast an american and a, and a brit together talking about things that are happening in england so we have come a long way as you say yeah no question no question so let's talk about what's happening on the pitch we have some uh, audio premier league football what's happening on the pitch What's happening on the pitch is really the focus of uh, this podcast because uh, we love the English Premier League. And uh, this week, Adam, I think we should talk about what's happening off the pitch in England. <laughs> and that is uh, Jose uh, Mourinho, or Josie. I don't know why it's it's not Jose, but it's Josie Mourinho. It had a complete meltdown after Manchester United lost 3 to nothing against Tottenham. Did you see it? I did. And it was not good. Not good. Although, to be fair to Man United, they actually played the first 30 minutes. I thought they played pretty well. And uh, came out, there was definitely an energy around them. And they, they worked. it seemed like they were working hard for each other, worked hard, working hard for the manager. 
but then when Tottenham got that goal, it kind of all, you know, kind of all went uh, sideways there. So it was tough. It was a tough one. And then obviously the, the drama, even after the game, you know, when he's walking over and just clapping in front of the fans, you know, he's just so, so dramatic, this guy. It, it's it's just every, everybody wants to um, see this, but he is, gosh, he, he, it's great to watch. It really is. It, it's, it's just like watching a reality TV show, you know, that's, that's exactly what he's doing. My favorite part was when he was in the post-game press conference and yeah. uh, somebody asked him about giving up three goals and he held up three fingers and he said, you know what this three means? This three is the number of championships I've won, and it's more than every other coach in the Premier League. Show me some respect. And he walked out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he has a way of turning it around. I mean, and realistically, that was not even relevant to anything. No, no he's of course just not. Like, I'm, I'm just going to twist this and make it about me, and I'm still the special one. I'm still the guy that has has everybody wants to look up to. I win more than others. I mean, yeah. notice he didn't say that last year because Arsene Wenger had won three. So, but it's it, he you know, and he knew you kind of knew he always had that in the back of his head. I'm going to use this one. Yes. I'm going to use this at some point, and that was his opportunity. Well, here's and, something he's not used in his uh, press conferences because I just. I saw this tweet yesterday from a Premier League panel at Premier League panel. Uh, a net number of spending since June 2016 when Mourinho came to Man U. 310 million pounds for Man U. Chelsea, 145 million. Klopp, 108 million. Uh, Pochettino, Pochettino, how do you pronounce his name? Pochettino, yeah. Pochettino from Tottenham, 42 million. So... He's been given the money. He's right. he's paid for the players. He has the most expensive roster in all of football. Yeah, no question. And uh, and he's still complaining because he didn't get the center back he wanted. Right. Yeah, there's no there's no question. He's got the money. It's still a very talented roster. Still a very talented team. Uh, I understand where his frustrations are coming from in terms of the center backs, but right. he did sign those center backs. And so right. he, he did buy those and they're just not performing. So rather than say, Hey, these players aren't playing well, it's my fault. I've got to get them better. It's easy for him to say, Hey, I just need to get a new play. You're not good enough. I'm going to get a new one. Right. Uh, so and that's that's the thing, you know, he wants he wants some new toys to play with and uh, unfortunately well, in fairness, if you get the best player at every position, then anybody can win. You would <laughs> right? hope so. I mean, exactly. <laughs> he's already been given the high, the biggest the biggest uh, payroll, you know, and he gets to pick those players, right? I mean, it's not like he's not uh it doesn't have a say in the matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, he's got the players, he's there and Maybe, and I know he works extremely hard on the training ground. Uh, but and I, I think they did show good good parts on on the weekend. But um, you know, I think in it now it, it's just it's buckled down, and you've got the players, you've got the group, you just got to make them better, and they've got to they've got to feel, as he says, united. And I don't know if the team is united in terms of playing all the time. You know, and that's and that's the biggest thing. They got to get some results, and it's going to be a big game for them this weekend. So, if if you're uh, if you're Mourinho and you're in Manchester, 
you got to at least be happy that uh, there's also another story on the other side of town, and that's Man City, who uh, looked like they couldn't be uh, beaten by anybody, all of a sudden tying one of the new teams, the Wolves. Did you see yes. that? Yes, yeah. I mean, great result for Wolverhampton Wanderers, who played extremely well. Um, I think they, and I think they even talked about, even Pep, the, the manager, talked about they they don't play like a newly promoted team. No, they really sure. don't. And they look like, um, well, I understand they've got a lot of money behind them, right? Is yes. It, is it Chinese money? It's, it's, it's foreign money coming in from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, there's some money coming in. They they've got a, a, this connection with Portugal, the Portuguese agent, and then the Portuguese manager. They've got quite a few Portuguese players playing for them, so they're kind of siphoning some money through that. And they have access to some really good players, and uh, these guys are really performing at a high level. Uh, really, they're a, they're a good team to watch. They really are a nice team to watch. I don't think they're going to have any any troubles this year in terms of staying in the league. Yeah, they really are playing that Portuguese style, which is yes. is fun to watch. And I, I saw uh, Minute Blazers the other day, and Roger Bennett called uh, the coach of the of that team uh, Papa Smurf because he's got the, <laughs> he's got the beard and the white hair, and it's, uh, I thought that was a pretty funny. <laughs> observation yeah he, he does look like him that's for sure so the team i root for the most in uh in the premier league is liverpool and i i chose them almost at random when i first started watching games because i'm a big beatles fan and i thought you know liverpool uh yeah. that's where the beatles are from um but uh you know they they only won one to nothing against uh brighton and i think maybe the point is brighton might be a little better than we thought. Although as yeah, soon as no, I said that, they lost the game to Southampton yesterday. So, <laughs> right now, and I think I think with Brighton, I think yeah, again, a good team, very organized. Chris Hutton, the manager, he does has done a, a really fantastic job with that group. Probably, obviously, the result the previous week against Man United was fantastic for them. Gave them a little bit of a extra motivation, and you know that's a tough stretch. Manchester United, Liverpool, back to back, but. They, they, they've again a team that's probably your typical mid-table. Don't know if they're going to really fall into too much of a relegation battle. Hopefully not for them anyway. Yeah. Uh, but they, 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 they've got some pieces there that they can work with. They're they're very united in the way they're playing in terms of how they're uh, working hard together, and it's it's a true team. And the, you know they may not have the skill of, of maybe a Wolverhampton Wanderers or the the, the 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 general play of maybe some of the other higher level mid level teams, but uh, they they see they can certainly hold their own for sure. And, and I think after uh, the big game against uh, Man U, where they beat Man U, and then they. They almost came up uh, and tied Liverpool. That was a very close game. Um, you can see how they might have a letdown when they go play Southampton. You, you, you wish that it doesn't happen, but you can see how that could happen. Yes, yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, your your boys in blue, Chelsea, who played Newcastle. And uh, that was close. You, you, you must have breathed a sigh of relief after that game was over. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, probably the game didn't really liven up until the last 20 minutes. I mean, the first 70 minutes were pretty much, you know, low block Newcastle kind of defending and it was pretty much uneventful. 
Right. Um, in fact, if you if you clip if you look at the highlights, the highlights start on the seventieth minute when <laughs> that's uh, true when when we actually hit the crossbar there with a great shot. But yeah, I I think um, I think it was great, good win on the road. I think uh, Newcastle's always a tough place to play, no question. And you know, three wins out of three. I think it's it's a great start for Chelsea, more than what we probably expected for sure. Yeah, there's only four teams that are undefeated or have you know three wins, and one of yeah. them is Watford, which yeah, I was surprising. That's right. But of course, they haven't really played any of the the big boys yet. But still, um, I thought that game, that uh, Chelsea game, was it was tough to watch because it, Newcastle was obviously packing it in. Um, mm-hmm. And just what? How do you how do you call that? Uh, parking the bus. Parking the bus. Parking yeah. the bus. Yeah. Um, and the the only player that really showed anything in terms of offensive firepower for Newcastle was the American, DeAndre Yedlin, who had a couple of really good runs down the side uh, and was looking really great. And then wah wah, and he got, even got an assist. I believe he assisted the. The Newcastle goal, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with I the, believe he did. Yeah, yes, yeah. with a run down the side, and then at the very end, own goal, and he's yeah. had a few of those. Yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, the shot was probably going wide, and then yeah. he just kind of stuck his foot out, deflected in. Um, so yeah, it was that was a tough one. I know it was probably. To be fair, it's probably you know a fair result on the day. I mean, I know uh, even on Newcastle's goal, there was maybe a little bit of a question of an elbow to Drew's face there when the when the when the ball came in. Yeah, and that but, was Yedlin that did that too. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I, I I'll be honest with you. I think um, I think Chelsea were definitely deserving of the victory. I felt bad for Yedlin because the ball. He's, I know he's been out injured a little bit. As well coming back right but um but yeah it was it was a tough one for him to kind of that that deflected goal it's really not not much he could have done about it you know ever since you mentioned uh during the world cup that you had a a new way of uh gauging um whether or not to, you know like a, a new tiebreaker system this was your 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 plan was people should be uh, advanced or not based on the number of corner kicks because that can yeah. tell you a lot about which team is dominating. And I, ever since you mentioned that, which I thought was ridiculous when you said it, I've, <laughs> I've actually come around to your thinking on that because it does really show you which team has the ball, which team has got the most uh, opportunities, which team is is dominating the other. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I agree with myself. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad great. you're coming around. <laughs> <laughs> I love me. Um, so it, my, here's my favorite moment from that Chelsea game. And I don't know if you saw this, but uh, what's the name of the new Chelsea coach? Maurizio Sarri. Yes, Sarri, right. He was smoking on the sidelines. He was smoking a cigarette on the sidelines. Yeah. it. it I've never seen that before. Well, he—he's—it's he, funny because he is a deep chain smoker. So I—I I think I've even read, this is crazy, up to eighty cigarettes a day. Okay, well, what could possibly go wrong there? 
<laughs> I know. Um, but it, the funny thing is, so what I've been reading about and what I've been seeing is that at Chelsea, basically just like every workplace now, you can't smoke anywhere. You can't smoke inside, even outside. You've got to basically leave the grounds right. uh, to really smoke at some point. And so they're actually, because of him, he's uh, they're actually creating some type of um, – uh, space and area actually at the training ground where he's able to smoke a smoking section the smoking area you know so that's the thing you know kind of like you see at the airports where you see you walk you see those 25 people in yeah. there smoking cigarettes but so that would be i think they're kind of setting it up for him but yeah it's uh it's pretty. It's a pretty tough one. Um, <laughs> well, it did look like he was. It did look like he was sneaking a smoke. You know what I mean? It was like the camera caught him, and he was kind of leaning over, and you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Well, and I think what it is, he's kind of he's sucking on the end of the cigarette. So I think that's it. Kind of looks like a cigarette, but he's not really actually smoking. So. It, it's it's it was all I, I i actually am looking at the picture right now of when he did it so it i don't think it was actually a light but he's just the the nicotine taste from it whatever that's the, obviously the addiction obviously Jeez. and uh and that's that's where he's at yeah so they're they're trying to work around this guy so in previous games up until this one that's what he's been doing is kind of the the butt ends of the uh, cigarettes he's got in his pocket and he's putting them in his mouth when he's under a little bit of tension. So. That is so pathetic, but okay. You know what I guess <laughs> if they hey, if he it, keeps on winning, it doesn't matter, right? Exactly. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Hey, if the wins keep coming, we'll take it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so as we mention every week, uh, I enjoy watching the British announcers uh, talking about the British uh, football, and every week there's something that uh, I have not heard before, and so let's get to explain that foreign tradition. Hang on. And now, explain that foreign tradition, please. So here's a few sayings I heard this week, and I thought maybe you could explain them to me. And I think I kind of know what they are, but uh, yeah. I, I, like, I like pointing them out anyway. All right. Uh, here's one that I heard. This game is not the blood and thunder variety. Right. So, yeah. So, obviously, the blood and thunder, that's kind of the – we're meaning violent and, you know, deadly action behavior, that type of stuff. So, if it's not blood and thunder, it's a little bit more composed, a little bit more, um, you know, elegant in the way the game is going. So, I think that's kind of what they're referring to with that. Uh, blood and thunder is probably – you know, what we'd be watching in terms of um, FA Cup games, you know, where the, the lower level teams are, uh, are pushing those uh, higher level teams. So that's probably what you're going to see a lot of blood and thunder in the FA Cup. I think I even use that as a quote. This is a blood and thunder FA Cup tie. All right. I like that. Uh, here's one that they used uh, uh, to uh, um, describe Mo Salah from Liverpool. Yeah. Same old knife through butter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once it happens, it happens beautifully. I think he followed it up with that, too. So, yeah, it's the same thing. You know, it's like just he just keeps on doing it, keeps yeah. on doing the same thing. You know, it's just like that same knife. You does it every time. Salah scores every time he does it. OK, uh, here's another one. There he goes maneuvering around the cul-de-sac. 
<laughs> yeah, so he's just kind of going in circles, right? So <laughs> cul-de-sacs are quite common. I mean, they, they, I think I've seen more and more actually in the United States, more people living in In fact, I even live in a cul-de-sac, but it's just not a common name. Like, what do we call I don't know what it's called here in America. Is well, no, like we a, do call it a cul-de-sac. It's just, we, do, okay. we just don't I call it. Say that again. Yeah, so and, and they don't say it so much in a soccer game. That's for sure. Yeah, so right, exactly. He's just, go, <laughs> he's just turning and going. That's it. So he's just kind of going around in circles a little bit. Is what yeah, we well, so that. that's exactly what the guy was doing at, at the time. So you you nailed that one perfectly. Uh, here's yeah. one. Um, they have been more shape than shambles. And uh, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me that one. All right. So this was in the uh, Newcastle game against Chelsea. Uh, they were talking about how Newcastle um, was playing well, meaning that uh, they were keeping their shape rather than you know being lousy like they often are, and that's okay. why the, and that's why Chelsea couldn't cut through in the first seventy minutes. I see. So they were more shape than shambles. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Yes, it does. Okay, so last week we we quizzed you on your favorite team, Chelsea. What would you say would be your arch rival team? Well, the the evil empire that is Manchester United would be the uh, the arch rival, just because they've been so successful. They're like the uh, you know. The Just Yankees. Like the New York Yankees. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're the Yankees. So nobody, if you don't support him, you don't like him, basically. Okay. Well, then we're going to test your knowledge this week on Man U. All right. You ready? All right. Let's give it a go. Bobby Charlton is the club's all-time top goal scorer. Everyone knows that. Who is second on the list <laughs> of Man United? I'm giving you four choices, okay? Okay. Is it A, George Best, B, Dennis Law, C, Wayne Rooney, or D, Jack Rowley? I'm going to go with Wayne Rooney. Incorrect. The answer is oh. Dennis Law. So oh. mark this mark this day down. This is the first one Adam has ever gotten wrong. Um, Man U won their first ever division title, first ever division league title in 1905. 1908, 1922, and 1992, and I will allow a uh, hint if you th- if you think you need it. I will allow a hint. Um, I'm gonna say 1908. Oh, very good. That's correct. The hint would have been the Cubs won the World Series that year. <laughs> that's that's how I remembered it. Okay, exactly. <laughs> All right, former United captain Roy Keane. Now, this is a tough one, but maybe you yeah. remember this story. Former United captain Roy Keane famously ridiculed the section of the club's support who A, refused to chant his name, B, mm-hmm. booed whenever he touched the ball, C, ate prawn sandwiches, or D, didn't buy a copy of his autobiography. <laughs> yeah, I know there was a lot of discussion about the prawn sandwiches so i'm gonna go with the prawn sandwiches okay you've you've impressed me you've officially impressed me <laughs> what's the yeah, story the, on so that, that? Was, what's the uh, that, what is the, the sto- yeah the story on that was so he was saying that they're not real fans because they sit up in the stands 
and they're just it's it, they're just kind of sitting there, not really watching the game, eating their prawn sandwiches. They're kind of hidey dighty type of oh, fans that are gotcha. not interested. So that was kind of the. I know he was on he was on a spiel about that. I do remember that in the nineties about how he how he was really upset with the fans because they're not real fans. They want us. They got to get behind us. So gotcha. The prawn sandwiches would be like the pinky in the air uh, of exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's kind of cool. All right, what was the club's name before it became Manchester United? Was it A, Newton Heath, B, just plain United, C, Manchester City, or or D, the Royal Engineers? I I think I know this one. Newton Heath. Oh, boy, you're doing well. You just passed the quiz, by the way. You've officially awesome. passed. You've got three. That's all you need to pass the quiz. But uh, let's see if you can get a B uh, and right. get this final one here. What famous British band mentioned famous Man U manager Matt Busby in a song? Was it the Kinks, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, or the – or? Um, uh-oh, I wrote the Rolling Stones twice. All right, now you know what? You get a free one. It's either the Kinks, <laughs> the Rolling Stones, or the Beatles. Hmm. I'm going to go with it's either the Rolling Stones or the Kinks, I'm guessing. I'm going to go with the Kinks. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. The answer is the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles, really? The Beatles wow. mentioned Matt Busby in a song called Dig It on the Let It Be album. It was kind of like a, uh, a John Lennon rap at the end of a song called Dig It, and he said, Matt Busby, dig it, dig it. <laughs> So there you go. Um, all right. So we get to uh, before we get to Adam's TV tip, I want to tell you all the places that you can find uh, this fine broadcast besides the RadioMisfits.com. You can get free kicks at iTunes, at Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can subscribe to it at uh, RadioMisfits.com. There's a RSS feed there. And uh, you can also get... Uh, the free free kicks page at radiomisfits.com. And now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. Okay, you have uh, been on a roll. You didn't disappoint us again last week with the uh, recommendation. Who are we getting this week? Yeah, I think I think we're going to have to go back to Manchester United again. Uh, I think this is going to be a big one. I, I think it's going to be real-life drama. They play Burnley. Kind of the uh, the little brother to the to the north, just thirty miles separates Manchester to Burnley, and uh, I think it's going to be a big game. A little shout out to my one of my former players, who's a big Burnley a big Burnley fan, uh, Mick Gillespie. I, I know he'll be sitting there in his Burnley shirt, watching the game, hoping <laughs> for a Burnley win. And he's got all these kids there, and he's Burnley. He's got them converted pretty well. Well, um, but yeah, so I, I think that's going to be a good one. Sunday, ten o'clock, I believe it is. Going to be a good game. This could be, could be his last game. We'll really? See. Well, Burnley uh, is coming off of a great season. They had a great season last year. Uh, did they make the Europa League? Yeah, they're in the Europa League, yeah. and in fact, they they play tomorrow. So they they lost in the first leg uh, to Olympiacos, and they play tomorrow. So there might be a little bit of um, you know over 
you know, you know, play-wise, they might be struggling a little bit. They might be a little bit hungover from that game. So that might be in Man United's favours. But to be fair, I thought Man United were going to come out and do the business last week. So I think anything can happen now. I, I really don't know what to do. So when I'm when I'm when I'm guessing scores these days, I'm I'm going to be putting my chip, my uh, my safety chip on Man United because I don't know what's going to happen with them. Okay. Well, that, I'll be watching that for sure. If you'd like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick. Adam is the one that works our Twitter feed, so if you see something objectionable, it's his fault. Um, also, Facebook, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. You see something objectionable there, it's my fault. Or you can check out our day jobs. I'm an author publisher at Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, and the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. Adam is the technical director and director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of this podcast is Tony Lasano of OPI Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Lausano or Los. Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. Do you like to talk about <laughs> politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is I'm, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that, that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. Yeah. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. Yeah. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple of things that worry me about the future. I mean, I, this is, I'm getting to be an old man because it's like, I, all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have <laughs> Armenian girls having sex with black guys. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide who's who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and no. most of the right stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels. They're no, entertainment no, no. channels. Oh, and it's that's, all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the labeled news on it and presented like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news, yeah. and I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know, you I think know. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Glenn... Yeah. As a showman, I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. I think Rush truly believes what he says. It. Really, I do. I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it, mm. and he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and it, and he could do it without calls. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what I'm very saying. few guys can do that. Right. There's everybody in, in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. That's like the same thing: Hugh Hewitt <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like Lou Lewis. And there's guys. I mean, literally, there are guys that yeah. you know, Tom. 
Thompson. It's like, really? You think we're that stupid? We can't remember your name? That you have to name yourself twice? Assholes. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.